What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambourine here, aka Totag and Tambo, back for the Week 16 edition here on the Mayo Media Network. We've got the Prize Pick Show with DraftKings. We've got myself. We got my main man, JT Hayes, back. JT Hayes, how you doing? Nice, nice Santa hat to start the evening. It's Christmas Eve. We have to celebrate. Merry Christmas to those of you who do celebrate. Happy New Year to those of you that I won't see before the new year. I'm doing great. It's week 16, like you mentioned. We're coming fast up to the end of this NFL season and a pretty interesting slate. We've got like seven NFL games in the last 10 days. So really, really excited. Yeah, and we're hoping the ones that we talk about today all end up on Sunday. I mean, it's fine spacing out the season like we had last week, but at the same time, we'd like to have them all. This is going to be a good little slate. Like I said, we only have a couple left, really. So before we get to the playoff slates and things like that, of course. But as always, going to be doing the show the same way. We've got our prize picks up top. And JT, you may not know this. Maybe you do, because of course I reminded you in the Discord. But we did have another 2-0 week last week. So I'm coming off back-to-back 2-0 prize picks weeks. And I think that confidence is brewing i do feel very confident about the picks for this week as well so excited to get to that part we'll do the prize picks a couple each then we'll move on over to the DraftKings segment doing quarterback running back wide receiver tight end and of course a little dst action for you there at the end jt hayes talk to the people a little bit about prize picks and then we can start with your two prize picks of the week for week 16. yeah you come out of that king of the beach win which is that's exactly what we're calling it the king of the beach win (laughs) 2-0, 2-0, another 2-0 week, and then another 2-0 week. So, I mean, it's like a three-week heater that you're on here. Prizepicks.com for the people that have been watching, that have been smashing the like button on this show and subscribing to the Mayo Media Network, probably have already used code MMN to get that $100 deposit match on prizepicks.com. And I'm sure there are many of you who have been every week diligently putting in your five picks triggering the Mayo Media Network contest. We're down just another couple of weeks. Big prizes coming up on the end of the season. The first place for people who have played this every single week. The top prize, $3,000 in prize picks site credit. Second prize, $1,500 prize picks site credit. And then if you've hung on and you've just been dead terrible, you haven't listened to anything we've said or maybe you listen to what we said some weeks and it just hasn't gone right and you finished dead last, you get a bonus too. So prizepicks.com, code MMN for your $100 deposit match. Even if you haven't started, go ahead, start now because NBA season just getting into full gear and we do this all season long. So really, really good site there. Great contest from the Mayo Media Network. Yeah, I agree. And I'll let you do your picks in a second. But just that last point you you made, I think is extremely important just on this very network on the Mayo Media Network. There's plenty of other shows that you can go out there giving out the prize picks. If you miss the contest all throughout the season, that's okay. I am excited to see and hear hopefully from some of those winners after it ends. But at the same time, like you said, get signed up, use the code, get in there. It's a way just to put down a fair amount of money and still get a nice little return and be able to ante up and do a little bit more and put more picks to win more and all those factors. So I definitely love it. I love that call out. Talk to me about your picks for this week, JT Hayes. We're talking week 16. What are you, what are your top two, three prize picks of the week? Yeah. So it's an interesting week. I thought I, and Tim, I'll let you talk about this when it's your time. I thought the lines were a little bit tighter, a little bit, uh, a little bit more difficult this week to find just because Maybe it's because some of these teams are a little bit shorthanded. Maybe it's because we have 
games all throughout the week and some teams are on a little bit of a shorter rest but the lines were a little bit tight but there were two that i found and i'm going to go on a third one and i'll tell you the reason why here in a second the first one i like and i think a lot of people are going to be off this because teddy bridgewater got hurt last week drew Locke is going to start this game which is in las vegas for the denver broncos no silly i'm not taking anything for drew Locke, but one of the things that I've noticed about Drew Locke is he has a couple of players that he likes to target. He's got what I call his security blankets. Think maybe Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, but about half the version of that. And the line on Jerry Judy is just too low here. Coming off a donut, a really difficult performance for a lot of people who had him last week. His price on Dra- DraftKings down as well, but the line for Jerry Judy 40 and a half yards and i think that drew lock is going to pepper him he's going to have to throw check downs to these guys i think they're going to try and run the ball a lot as well and honestly don't hate some of these players for the broncos but jerry judy over 40 and a half yards and then my second pick is a little bit concerning because the game environment that they're in the houston texans placed another six players on the COVID 19 IR today, but for the Chargers who placed Austin Eckler on the COVID IR and Austin Eckler and the Chargers have said, look, it doesn't look good that he's going to be able to get out of the protocols in time for Sunday makes me really, really interested in Justin Herbert and the over 270 and a half yards for him this Sunday if this game plays. And I think as of right now, it will. We're going into Christmas Eve here. Got a couple of days. But I think if the NFL was really, really concerned about this game, they would have already postponed it and said, hey, we're moving it to Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. There's obviously going to be more testing tomorrow and Saturday. But that 270 and a half without Austin Eckler, sure, they're going to run Justin Jackson a bit of the time. But I think this sets up well for him and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and even get the tight ends involved. So I think he'll go over 270 and a half. Still think the chargers win this game and put up a big score their implied total live right now is 27.75 points so i like that as well now if that game doesn't go i'm going to give you a third one and it's going to be dusty emmanuel sanders emmanuel hasn't had the greatest season but in the same matchup against the patriots a couple of weeks ago on six targets he had 22 receiving yards the line for manny sanders on sunday is 26 and a half receiving yards Of course, a couple of things that are different in this game. One, no Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is out of this game. I think you may see Manny Sanders get a few more targets. He gets at least a couple more targets. He's going to get over that 26 and a half receiving yards. And then the other thing is the Bills came into that first game against the Patriots with an absolutely dreadful game plan. Hopefully, they come in with a little bit more of a way to try and keep at least the Patriots off balance. And I think one way they do that is by throwing the ball a little more over the middle in the slot where the Patriots have been a little bit weaker. Yeah. And I like all those picks, a couple things on them right quick. We love a good flop leg. So the Judy call, that one makes a ton of sense from that perspective. Burned a lot of people in daily fantasy last week. Uh, if you had him on props and everything on overs, you definitely lost because he didn't get anything. But the other two, especially the, the Herbert, uh, like you said, Eckler was quoted today saying not looking good. So, you know, that's sort of where we're at with that. And I think the game will still go. And then I think a lot of people will move right away to Jackson and Kelly. 
one or the other when you can just go with that passing game and leverage it up completely. Again, we'll talk about this more later when we get to the DraftKings section. But then also Manny Sanders, uh, before he got injured even a couple weeks ago, it was right after the sad news of DT passing away. I was saying, hey, I think Sanders is going to come out and try and put up a big game. He had 23 yards very quickly in that game. And so this over seems awesome with the fact that Beasley's out. That game there had a full load of people. And so here you've got now people maybe wanting to chase Gabe Davis off of a pretty good week last week. And you just go back to Manny Sanders. Sounds like he's going to be healthy and good to go. Uh, the lines for me this week, just looking at them, it was a little bit tougher. I agree with you. That's why you're here. That's why you want to get these picks, have these to start off your week. I think that for me, a couple of them did stand out though. I, like I said, at, before the show, I don't know if that's just the confidence brimming from these 2-0 and weeks that I've been having, but couple of them stood out and we're going to start with your guy your guy in atl you're a big atl fan got matt ryan over 220 and a half passing yards against the lions who don't forget this off of i know it was their second win of the season but this was like their super bowl they just beat the arizona cardinals i think we could see a letdown here the number is definitely too light and i think listen your guy cordy who we'll probably talk to later cordy patterson that is at the running back position even if it's got to be him dragging along Matt Ryan with his noodle arm and bringing, you know, a pass from five yards, taking it 80 to the house, that's still 80 passing yards that he gets credited with. And that gets him almost halfway there with the 220 and a half. Not quite, but you know what I mean? It's close enough. Uh, and then the other thing, they don't have much going for them. I know Atlanta has like the smallest, smallest outside shot that they're just, they have to say, you know, the the gift they're saying they're a chance. You know what I mean? They, they, they have to say that, but they really don't have much going for them, unfortunately. And so, I think the Pitts situation, Kyle Pitts, crazy as it is, you and I have dogged him all season. I tried to prop him up. You just kept pushing him down. You were mostly right. He certainly didn't help us in any other realm of the world, but he's going after the record, the Mike Ditka record from way back in 1961. Pitts currently at 847 receiving yards. They got to get after it with these last few games. 1,076 is the record. So he's not quite on pace with his average, but why not get him started here against Detroit? I think it's a good spot. Go back to him. I'll let you comment on it in a second. Get your words. And I can see you smirking over there about Ryan and Pitts both. But the other guy I want to go back to, too, talking about our, our flop lag love. We always have it. This number seemed just way too low for this situation. That's Najee Harris, over 55 and a half rush yards. I simply think it's a bad number. You look at last week, he still had all the opportunities. Everyone that looks at the box scores of the game log watchers will see it and just say, hey, doesn't look like he was very productive. They can't do much. I know it's Big Ben. I know it's situational. But if you look at this, he's got, you know, two of the last three weeks, six or seven of the weeks on the season where he was over that number, got all the opportunity. At 55 and a half, JT, it takes one play for a guy like Najee Harris. He is explosive. Ben pass, hands it off to him, sorry, and he gets the right run or a guy slips or anything. He could be off to the races and handle that very early. I actually think the other thing about it is playing against the Chiefs, Mahomes, wanting to keep them off the field. They're obviously looking incredible right now, getting their, you know, in form or late season form, I should say, where they're just rolling. I think the best play is to use Najee Harris, roll them out there a bunch, try and keep, at least try, the key word is try, but try and keep these Chiefs and Mahomes off the field. And they have to at least roll them a little bit there in that sense. So there's my two picks for the week. Matt Ryan over 220 and a half passing yards. And then your boy, Najee Harris, over 55 and a half rush yards. What are your thoughts on those plays there? And then go ahead with the ATL stuff. You can you can have it. I mean, look, first off, I can't wait for our Sunday morning, day after Christmas show on Run Pure Sports. By the way, if you're not a member, RPS Heater 25, get in there, 25% off your first month's payment. And go ahead, subscribe to the Run Pure Sports YouTube network. We'll be talking about it at the crack of dawn. You can have breakfast with us on Sunday morning. 
And Tambo, this is the thing. Last Sunday I said, hey, it sounds crazy, but I think the Falcons are going to stay in this game against the Niners. And they were really so close. Kyle Pitts was really, really close to a big day. He had a one catch that actually one of his feet landed out of bounds. It was an amazing catch. We've seen this guy make some circus grabs, but right off the get-go, right? The turnover on the kickoff. And I'm thinking, all right, baby, the, the Falcons are in this. This is going to be a game. And then they couldn't get in the box from the one-yard line. It was my guy, Cordy, that got stopped. Credit to the 49ers. Credit to their defense. They've been playing outstanding football. Different game this week. They're at home. They're in the Dome. They're against the Detroit Lions. You mentioned it. Detroit, out of nowhere, spanked the Arizona Cardinals. Didn't, like, eke the game out. I mean, that game was over at halftime. Now, Jared Goff is on the COVID IR He's questionable. We'll see if he plays. That puts a lot of things into flux, including the love that I have and we all have at Run Pure Sports at the Mayo Media Network for my guy. The guy that I have been on since before the season. This is totally a lie, but Amonra St. Brown. I mean, I was all over him this week. We'll see what happens if Jared Goff is in. But I think it's a great call on Matt Ryan. I think Cordero Patterson is going to be a guy that I'm going to force into my lineups this week it's a great bounce back spot for the falcons they're gonna play hard they've been playing hard all year they've been hurt calvin ridley's away from the team they have have had injuries in the secondary but i think it's a good spot and i think for matt ryan it's a good spot i think he's gonna go over that 220 number they're not a big rushing team so while cordy patterson may get 10 12 13 rushes he's also going to get six or seven targets maybe more than that and I think Kyle Pitts here in a matchup that has been very very soft for opposing tight ends all season I think maybe this is the game where you finally finally since that game in London against the New York Jets you see another ceiling spot from Kyle Pitts the Najee Harris thing I don't know about that I think 55 and a half you're absolutely right about it's it's too low for someone of his talent too low for what the Steelers are going to want to do against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, but that's the key. It's against the Chiefs in Kansas City. This defense has looked really, really good. I think they get into that backfield, and I think they get to bend quite a bit, but I do think that number is still too low. If they give him 20 touches, he should get over it. Yeah, a couple things you made me think of there. One is, remember the start of the season when I'd always say, like, I, I love my first pick. I'm not sure about my second. <laughs> it is, the second pick is definitely a little riskier. But now I just have the confidence of those two and all weeks to say, like, oh, I still feel good about it. The other point on that, I will say, though, too, we've talked a little bit of Eckler, Jackson, and Kelly. Uh, those guys combined, the, the team combined for more than this, but those three, just those three, combined for over 150-plus on the ground against Kansas city last week. So we know it's capable obviously with Herbert and the squad they have there much different than big Ben and the boys, but you know, Ben looking like every every second drive, he's ready to retire on the spot, but yeah, that, that could happen too. We'll talk about Cordy later. Uh, some note noteworthy stuff on a guy like him, the pro bowl snub, maybe at least he thinks so. I don't know. Most others probably won't agree with that. You as an ATL guy, maybe we'll want to ask for it a little bit, but he has had a really good season. You can't deny that. So it's one of those things, the pro bowl pro bowl for me, sometimes you can just fire it right into the sun. It's pretty horrible. You know, just the fact that they do the little all-star game of touch football or whatever you want to call it. It looks pretty rough every time, but it's good. It's good to have it. Good to have guys named to the team. Now, 
Moving on to the DraftKings section, it's a good segue. Speaking of a potential Pro Bowl snub, I'm going to start us off at quarterback for this week, and that's Matt Stafford. We just watched him the other night just rip it up again, goes off. He just absolutely loves targeting his guy, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup just having an incredible season, not what anybody expected. I'm not a season-long aficionado by any means, but people saying like fifth round, sixth round for a guy like him. And now look what he's come out to. Guys in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues in general just saying like, wow, this is incredible. I got him here and now we're good to roll. So uh, you look at that, the big total. Also, we saw it with the Green Bay versus Minnesota game where it was Devontae Adams versus Jefferson. Now we got Cup versus Justin Jefferson. I certainly think you could go back and forth there. My 1A, again, all these things could change by the time we get to Sunday morning. That's why you want to tune in to the Run Pure Sports channel here on YouTube for the Off the Chalk Show at 845 Eastern with myself, JT Hayes, and then our boy AP. But I do think that if you look at the 1A here, it's the other side of that game. Kirk Cousins, say what you want about him. He's definitely capable. I think he can keep the game rolling. He can keep the pace up. He's got the guys and the targets to go to as well. Uh, Dalvin Cook out announced earlier today so it's going to be Madison but I think it's just a tougher matchup and we know that LA defense being healthy can cause fits so if we've got him checking it down or finding his guy in Jefferson I think there's still opportunity there uh, my second guy Tom Brady and and sorry pissed off Tom Brady losing nine nothing that is just incredible I couldn't you know could never have imagined that in a long long time that was a great defensive effort by the Saints in that game but you go back here I just think you know look a lot of injuries there we'll see how they shake out by the time Sunday comes around, but that target tree has been tightened, right? It's going to come down. We'll see if Antonio Brown, he's 4,900 bucks on DraftKings. He's a great play. Gronk loves targeting him in the end zone, assuming no, uh, definitely no Fournette, but assuming, well, I shouldn't say assuming, potentially no Evans. We'll see what happens with the rest of the squad there, but just the way that tightens up, when you get Brady, usually it's tough to figure him out and stack him up because you say, oh, I know who it is. It's Godwin Evans Gronk. But then he's all of a sudden he's passing to Fournette. He's got Brait. He's got these other guys on the outside. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller checks in. Like it just makes it tough. We don't have that this week. So I think he's another good guy. And then a bonus would just be Mahomes at home against the Steelers going with that Najee Harris, the other side of it. Maybe they can get something rolling there as a mini game stack, but it would definitely be a little bit more off the wall than just off the chalk. So I'll flip it back over to you, JT Hayes. What do you got here this week for, for the quarterback position? So Justin Herbert, like I said, no Austin Eckler if this game plays, which as of right now, it's expected to. I think he's going to throw for, I don't even think 300 yards is in question. I think 400 yards is honestly the ceiling here for him in this matchup. So I like him. His price point on drafting is a little bit elevated at 7.2. But again, without the running game that they're going to lean on, and even when Eckler is in there, right, he catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. So I expect Herbert to have a big game here. And then the second one, we normally avoid the second divisional game between teams, but, and I hate to say this because I know you're a Ravens fan, but that defense is looking broken. <laughs> it's been looking rough and Joe Burrow a bit too cheap here. I think 5.9 K in this matchup on DraftKings. He's got all those weapons. He's got Jamar chase. You've got T Higgins. Tyler Boyd getting into the mix last week for, I think, over 20 DraftKings points. And, of course, C.J. Uzoma and, of course, Joe Mixon in the backfield. So I like Joe Burrow a little bit here. If you're going to pay down at quarterback, I think 5'9 is a steal for what he's done this season, particularly at home. We'll have to watch the weather and see about that. There's a lot of news to watch. You know, again, this week in particular, 
You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Got to see who's on the field with him. Even if Kelsey and Hill miss, though, your point is well taken that guys like Byron Pringle, guys like Michael Hardman, they can step right in there. So really interesting week on DraftKings in the NFL. Yeah, don't feel bad about picking on those Ravens. They are my squad. I definitely love them, but it's been horrendous. And last week on the show, actually, there's where some of the stuff does stick. I definitely stayed with it through to Sunday, ended up having an okay week, but it was, you know, I was on the opposite side. By Sunday, the Huntley news was out, so it was easy to go there as well. But I loved Rodgers, MVS, Adams. That was sort of the stack we talked about on this very show last week in the DraftKings segment. And really, come Sunday, it was easy just to plug in some of the reverse of that. The run back was Andrews. You had Huntley in there with him run it back with MBS and or Adams and do it that way. So I love the Burrow call. I think that's a good one for this week as well. Of course, the others make sense. Just that one at his price, it's pretty cheap for what we know he can do and what he can have for upside. Now let's talk some running back. Running back, I think definitely is going to be a little bit more chalky this week. The value plays will just be what they are. They make things work. You don't need to get too cute. You can play some of these guys and then just mix and match elsewhere. But we've got a few things to talk about. Ronald Jones, no Fournette, 5,100. James Robinson, now Carlos Hyde hit the IR, and we got to see that usage last week with Urban Meyer gone. It was just right up there again. Robinson himself, a pretty good week. Could be back to doing that again. Najee Harris, I'll stick with because I mentioned him off the top, but that's just sort of running through the position. I'll let you go through the picks. That's, that'd be my three that I like as of right now. There'll be plenty more added to the mix, of course. Like if you said, the Eckler news, not looking good. So if it's Jackson or Kelly, or play some of both and at most one and do it that way if you want. But I kind of like your play of leveraging up and using the passing game there. But what do you like besides what I was talking about or, or add to it at running back this week? Well, I'll highlight James Robinson, who I didn't want to play last week at 50, 60, in some contests, 70% ownership, just because I thought, I don't know what we're going to see. It's the same offensive coordinator. And he gets the first running back work, the lead running back work, and it was fine. He got into the box. It was something I didn't expect in that game was the torrential downpour that showed up midway through like the first quarter lasted almost to the third quarter. Now, James Robinson, 5.9 K on DraftKings gets a matchup against the jets who gave up. I think it was like, what was it? Tambo 300 yards to Duke Johnson last week. I mean, the guy, <laughs> like who's been, yeah, a guy who's been pumping gas for the last like two years comes <laughs> in off the street, boom, just runs all over the New York jets. I think James Robinson's going to do the same. I was really tempted to be honest, by his prize pick. I think his rushing prize pick is like 75 and a half. And I'm like, oh, he's going to smash that. But I didn't take it. But yeah, I think James Robinson is, is a fairly easy play. I'm sure he's going to be high owned again this week, but I'm just not going to pass up on it. And then we talked about him, talked about the Atlanta Falcons, talked about Cordy Patterson. Cordy is priced down now to 6-7 on DraftKings after that game last week. Just a total outlier game. And the Falcons have struggled against these really, really good teams. They even played it pretty tight against the Niners in Santa Clara, but games against Tampa Bay on the road, the game against the Cowboys on the road have been tough. The next game, Cordy bounces back. I expect him to bounce back here. I think he's got a shot at being, honestly, optimal. I think he's got a shot at being in the optimal lineup where you almost have to have this guy based on what we see out of running backs. You talked about Madison. I think Madison is this time too expensive. DraftKings has done a good job of after the first two times where he smashed when Dalvin Cook was ruled out of games. Now he's almost 7K in a match against the Rams. 
think you're right. I think it's the passing attack you want to focus on there. Yeah, and I was just looking it up to see. Like you said, it's funny. We love these overs until they get to a high number, right? You see the James Robinson thing. He should get 100, no problem, and we'll play him on DraftKings for that reason. But when you, like you said, going back to the prize pick segment, it's a little tougher. There's The lines are sharp as it is, and then you can find some better ones down below and exploit. So I definitely like that call. Uh, let's move to wide receiver. I'll let you start. Just continue on there. What do you got going on this week at the wide receiver position? I mentioned Jerry Judy, and I, I do. I, I mean, even even – the prize pick number for Drew Locke is extremely low. It's under 200 yards. I'm not expecting Drew Locke to have a big day, but I do think from what I've seen last couple of years, a couple of years ago when Teddy Bridgewater wasn't there, when he was the starter, he had big games in domes. He had a big game against the Atlanta Falcons here in Atlanta. He had a big game and who was his target? It was Jerry Judy. The other guy was Noah Fant, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but Jerry Judy coming off a donut, he was targeted, just didn't work out. And Cincinnati, a much different defense. Denver outdoors, a much different place to play. And I think at 5K, he makes a lot of sense here on DraftKings. I expect him to get somewhere in the eight to nine target range. He should pay off his price. You mentioned Antonio Brown. He's the last man standing here in this Tampa Bay wide receiver core with Chris Godwin gone for the year with Mike Evans questionable and returning his price all the way down 4.9 K. We've seen this from Antonio Brown before where he's been out a couple of weeks. He's been out a bunch of weeks now, but he keeps himself in shape. He comes in ready to play and we've seen him smash coming off these mini sabbaticals. Bruce Arians now all of a sudden, Oh, so happy to have him there. Don't care what you did because now we really, really need you. So I like him quite a bit. And then, Tambo, how can you not like Cooper Cup against the Minnesota Vikings secondary with Matthew Stafford, who I love just as you do, in a dome? I just think the Rams are going to smash. Yeah, you're reading off my page here. I love that. (laughs) Like you said, Arians, we evaluated the situation and we feel good about it. So he's back. And Tom Brady loves when Antonio Brown is back. He loves his own. He loves his guys, right? That's why you see him go to Gronk. You see him go to that. I think he could stack up Brady, Gronk, you know, use Brown and then get different elsewhere because that's going to be popular by the time it hits. Maybe not Brady at quarterback. We'll see. I think, you know, the pissed off Brady narrative is always the thing. So I think he'll pick up some steam, but it's always spaced out enough. There's enough quarterbacks we talked about and ways you can get different. So I do like that. The cup situation, like I said, cup first Jefferson. No, it's tougher on the other side with Ramsey and situational stuff they'll do there with the secondary. But at the same time, Jefferson is just that good. I think you can still go to him. I don't think they, you know, completely bracket him or triple team him or anything like that. I think there's still going to be some opportunity. Any the way he runs routes, he can find his way open. I think that's a good little matchup to get back and forth with. We've seen that matter in the past. So those are some of the guys I like right now. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of things changing as we get up to the weekend. So uh, we're talking the same language when it comes to wide receiver. I'll see about tight end. I know you mentioned some stuff earlier. I'm going to start us off though for tight end because I do like the Pitts narrative, like you said, just getting after that record. I think he's interesting if you're paying up. I also think Gronk, who I already mentioned, see if people want to go there for that price tag. Again, lots of times people like to pay down, and I've got some pay down options for you. One of them fits right in with your Joe Burrow call, and that's CJ Uzoma. He's a you know another guy, cheap. I don't think he'll be a sleeper by the end of the week, he may, maybe 8 to 10%, but at the end of the day, uh, he's getting the targets. He can get the touchdowns. One touchdown for him would be huge on top of what else he gets on his four or five plus targets. And then you got the factor of he's had 
two touchdown games. So I think that that's kind of something you got to factor in as well. And if he makes cup work with all the other stuff that you've got going into your builds and cash games, even in large field tournaments, if you get the right secondary stacks, correlations, things like that to be unique enough while still using this value play, I think Uzoma could come in handy. We'll see again how the ownership shakes out come Sunday. Could be singing a little bit different tune if he's going to be 15 to 20% for whatever reason, based on the price projections like him right now, but he doesn't seem like a guy that people will be fully comfortable getting 20 or 30% into their MME pool. So those are three guys for me, Gronk, Pitts, and CJ Ozoma. What do you got this week? So I love the Kyle Pitts call. We talked about it. I like the Gronk call quite a bit. Gronk is, for all intents and purposes, he's a wide receiver in this offense. He's been a wide receiver in this offense when Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have been healthy. So now that Godwin is out, Evans questionable. Yes, Antonio Brown coming back, but I think it just slides him into that either, you know, first or second look for Tom Brady and pretty good matchup here against a team that is not going anywhere, the Carolina Panthers. The one thing, CJ Uzoma, I love this guy. I love his talent. Played him a bunch of times this season. His big games have come when either T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd have been out. So if all the receivers are healthy, it's just a little bit tougher for me to get to him just based on where the ball goes in that offense. But he is cheap, and he does at least get a couple of targets, two, three targets every week. If you wanted to go that route, depending on what the news is out of Kansas City, what have you, I don't think that's bad at all. And then the one guy, and I mentioned him a little bit, and people are going to be off of this guy because, hey, you've got Albert O there, Noah Font. They've been splitting targets a little bit. But, again, I go back to the fact that now you've got Drew Locke starting. What is Drew Locke familiar with? He's familiar with Jerry Judy. He's familiar with Noah Font. Doesn't mean that Albert O is going to get any of those targets. And Albert O is 3-1, but Noah Font at 4-4 in a matchup against the Raiders who have given up a ton of points to opposing tight ends. Not a bad spot for him paying down to that lower level. Yeah, I like that call too. The Azoma point is actually good that you made. I do think that makes a ton of sense. Just a way to get different. And again, if you're going Burrow, you can sometimes just do something like that. And we'll see what his receivers look like by the end of the week as far as ownership's concerned as well. I think he could pick up some steam. We just saw, you know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers carved these guys up. Baltimore, the secondary is basically a, a high school secondary at this point with what's left, unfortunately. So uh, they're actually making do quite well considering the way these la- these games have went. Their last three games, uh, now you can tell the fandom here, but the, the last three games they've lost by four points two times going for two at the end and missing it. I, I like the call. I think it makes a lot of sense. I didn't love seeing it. Everyone was, I don't know if you saw this. We're a little off topic here, but we only have defense left to talk about it. But the, you know, I love John Harbaugh being a Ravens fan, but the, the tweets about him and listening to him ask the team what they want to do, it wasn't really analytics at all. It was, what do you guys want to do? And I, I'd rather see, everyone took that as like, he's the best, he's a player's coach. I mean, I know that about him as being a fan, but I want to see him pumping his chest saying we're, you know, effing going for this thing. We're winning this game. You know, it's about to go down. Now let's go do our job instead of, eh, what do you guys like to do here? You know, should we do it at the end? I just personally, I don't see it. Like I, I love the call because you got to, in OT, the way the rule is so stupid anyway, you got to win the coin flip first to have a shot at getting the touchdown that ends it right there. The other team doesn't even get a shot, which I hate that rule. Side topic for another day, very far away from now, but just to name that. And then you've got, 
the chance you have to get down there. Anything could happen or go wrong and it flips the field and boom, you're done. They kick a field goal and it's over if you even win the coin toss. So I like going for it right there. If you've got the play, I need to see a little more passion when going for it. So talk to me about that. And then you can talk about DST after and we'll round this thing out. So staying with the Ravens, he's done this quite a bit. He's done this with fourth down. He's done it a bunch of times where Lamar Jackson, they'll call a timeout, pull him over to the sideline. What do you think? Lamar says he wants to go. But I got a question for you. After these last couple of weeks of watching Tyler Huntley, do the Ravens have a, have a quarterback controversy here? No, definitely not. I don't think so at all. And they, yeah, they go for fourth. They go for it all the time. But I just think like that's sort of the situation where I just, like I said, I, I want them. We know it's the right play. But or the right call, but you know you have to have the play and you have to have the energy behind we're doing this versus should we be doing this or what do you think? If you know it's the right play to go for it or call, get after it and get it done. Huntley's look good, definitely. Uh, maybe we could have some trade equity there, but also too, it's never a bad thing to have a guy like that on your roster when your quarterback is Lamar Jackson or even a quarterback like Lamar Jackson in the sense of a rushing quarterback, someone who can definitely get injured very quickly or sometimes you know you just got to take a number two and jog off the field we've seen that in the past as well so uh you always have to have a good option to fill in with there so i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens they're still hanging on by a thread there they, they've got opportunity but they're going to be uh you know looking for a long shot to get to any further based on the team that they're working with as of right now especially in that secondary and in the defense in general so speaking of defense go ahead talk, talk about dst we don't got to talk about more of these ravens well, unfortunately for the New York Giants, Jake Fromm is not Tyler Huntley. And it looks like maybe Jake Fromm is going to get the start. It'll be either he or Mike Lennon. It's a divisional game. Philadelphia Eagles, their defense has looked really, really good recently. 3.6K if I'm paying up, I think I'm starting by looking at them. And then my second defense, it's not a homer pick because I don't love this defense. However... Jared Goff in protocols. If Goff is in, I probably will not touch the Atlanta Falcons defense just because I do think that he has the capability to get the ball down the field. Two guys like Amon St. Brown, two other guys on that team, Khalif Raymond, still available. It looks like DeAndre Swift may actually return this week for the Detroit Lions. Not sure exactly how much they're going to use him, but if Goff misses and Tim Boyle starts, yeah, I have a lot of interest in the Atlanta Falcons at 2.6. So that's kind of where my starting point is as of right now. Yeah, I, I love the first call just because the thing about the Giants is I think even if it ends up, be, we know if it's Glennon, get after him. It's been, it's worked. That's been a thing. Even if it's from though, I think it's actually time for them to see what they've got in him. I know he was passed around. I believe he was on the bills before. And then they took him over. But I just think, you know, I, I know from people, you know, sort of behind the scenes talking about this kid that he's supposedly got some talent. So why not find out? And what I always say on this show and other shows, you know, sometimes when the backup or the third string, if you will, comes in, they won't actually let him be featured at all because they just want to pass the ball off. Let's just sort of get through this game, lean on our running backs, things like that. And they've got guys there, obviously, in Barkley and Booker. But at the same time, I think they might want to see what Fromm can do. And they don't have the best receivers out there right now either. A lot of injuries and COVID stuff there too. So this could just be a spot that these guys tee off on the New York Giants. So I love that call. Uh, for me, a couple others. If I was paying up, the one I looked at was the Chargers. But I kind of lean more to what you just said there. I have another one that I'll go to in a second that I don't think anyone will play. But then the other great debate for me is the $2,700 position. You've got the, the Jets, 
versus the Jags, both $2,700. It's Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence. The two, it's, I don't have the stat in front of me, JT, but it's got to be the most turnovers on the season. Uh, and if you combine them, it's even worse. So any side you want to take in that, flip a coin, maybe make sure it correlates with your lineup. If you've got Robinson in there, roll the Jags. If you've got, uh, if you don't have Robinson there, try the Jets, do whatever, import the lineup, duplicate it, and then just make that one swap. I don't really care what you do. I just think those are the defenses to get down low. The one up top though, kind of, you you haven't been in love with this Najee call that I've had on this show. And it's kind of interesting to go to the other side of that. Again, this goes with saying, you, you know, if I'm not, I'm not even going to be, you know, 15 or probably 20, I might have 20% Najee. I'm saying between 15 and 20 is where I would sit. I can still easily have 15 to 20. I'm not going to be more than 20 of a defense on any given week, usually because of how high variance it is. So I can definitely have 20% of the Kansas City defense here. We are still talking about Big Ben. We are still talking about Big Ben on the road. And I definitely think there's a spot here that, that you could go against it and just use that. And I kind of like it because the perceived D, uh, DSTs around it are better. We just talked about a couple of them. And then you look at it, the three of the last four games, Kansas City, 24, 15, and 15. That's better than most of the running backs did on the slate last week. And they're not that expensive. They're, they're 3,500, I believe, sitting right there in between the Chargers and the uh, aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles. So if you look at it this way, I think they're a good little tournament defense that I'll probably still be sticking with come Sunday in the sense that even if things change on the slate, not saying we just say a bunch of shit here and then don't go with it. I'm saying more so this is one that I think will stay low owned, JT. So any other thoughts on that and just Kansas City defense in general? Yeah, I actually love that call. And I didn't think of it before we came on, but Big Ben on the road, especially if Kansas City is missing one of Kelsey or Hill or both, because you know that then they're going to run heavy, right? They're going to try and control the clock. And Ben, if they get down, he's going to have to throw. And it's not going to go well for Pittsburgh. It hasn't gone well most of the season when he's had to throw. And we got to check the weather, right? It depends. I mean, that place is loud, might be cold. And Kansas City's defense has come on very, very strong. As you mentioned, as you pointed out, all those points the last three weeks. And we're talking about some pretty good, pretty good offenses. Talk about the Dallas Cowboys in there. So, yeah, yeah I think they can do, I, I think they can do some damage this week against the Steelers. Yeah, just surprised it wasn't a higher price. And so all those factors together to me made it great. Uh, it's a great show. Love doing it with you all the time, JT Hayes. We appreciate you guys watching and sticking with us all season long. If you haven't yet hit that subscribe button in the bottom right corner, the red button. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. A lot of great content on here as we talked about doing other sports, prize pick shows, DraftKings shows, all of those things, season-long fantasy. Everything is built into this very channel. So hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, leave any comments for us that you like. Other than that, JT Hayes, I don't have much more besides wishing everybody a happy holidays. So let the people know where they can find you, say a few final words, and I'll get us out of here. At JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter.com. And of course, runpuresports.com. Yeah, we got the show on Sunday. Definitely excited for that. Off the chalk, 845 Eastern. I know that's early after Christmas, but you probably, I mean, people are going to the what? The What do you guys call it there? I, we call it the Boxing Day sale. What, what's the big sales on the 26th? This year, probably nothing because it's Sunday and it's NFL Sunday, the day after Christmas. So you got nothing to do. Get up, have breakfast with us.
Yeah, please do. It'll be an awesome time. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Again, wishing you all the best. A very happy holidays to you and your families. Other than that, thank you and good luck. Oh.